0: This podcast was produced on Kaurna Yerda. We respect First Nation people around Australia and acknowledge the Kaurna people as the traditional custodians of the Adelaide Plains where the Festival Centre is located. We honour their spiritual relationship with their country and we do so in the spirit of reconciliation.
1: And it's so great to just walk down the corridors here and be reminded of oh, f- the shows you've done and and how people look then and now <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> and, like and who's
2: not who who's not here and <laughs> it's a really it's really quite sentimental and
1: aspect. that's unique there's mm. no other theatre in the country that does that
0: It's Libby O'Donovan here. Welcome to the First 50 Podcast, a 50th anniversary celebration of the Adelaide Festival Centre, the home of performing arts in South Australia. This magical venue, which I have had the delight of performing in over the last 25 years, has housed many historical moments and thousands of incredible artists absolutely loved chatting with today's guests and I know you are going to love them too. I have two highly accomplished dancers, singers, stage actors, TV personalities with me and they also happen to be great mates. In fact, it was the Adelaide Festival Centre where they first became friends 40 years ago and their relationship has continued to flourish as they have wowed audiences here and across the country. Both wonderful artists are incredible and fiercely multi-talented. Between them, they have a trophy cabinet's worth of Helpman Awards, Mo Awards, Order of Australia medals, Icon Awards, and countless other accolades. I sat down with our guests by the Adelaide Festival Centre's Walk of Fame, mere steps from where both their names are imprinted into the stars. Get ready for the brilliance and hilarity of Rhonda Birchmore and Todd McKenney, a dynamic duo known for breakout iconic shows such as Hot Shoe Shuffle and The Boy From Oz. They started their friendship at the Adelaide Festival Centre in the Andrew Lloyd Webber musical Song and Dance, which also describes their careers. Join me as we discover how Todd and Rhonda's friendship started on these stages and where their illustrious careers have taken them. I'm honoured to be sitting down and talking with the incomparable Rhonda Birchmore and
1: Todd McKenney. So Hello. so
2: lovely to be here with you, Libby.
1: I didn't know you were Order of Australia.
2: Yes, but... just a bit of respect, please. Did you
1: vote for yourself?
2: No, that isn't that <laughs> great? <laughs>
1: That's Congratulations. <laughs> yeah.
0: It is so <laughs> fabulous to be with you both. You're here performing Hairspray at the Adelaide Festival Centre and I've seen it personally. It is absolutely brilliant and both of you are ...standout performers, of course... Thanks. Everyone feels very comfortable <laughs> when both of you walk out on stage. Oh, it's
2: like oh, you know, it's a pair of
1: old slippers. Really, old
2: slippers and throw in Shane. Yeah, it's a, it's a great feeling and it's, it's wonderful to actually uh, be paid to do our job.
1: Yeah, well, we've known each other, each other for so long now that it's, <laughs> it's just, you know that you end up with a shorthand with somebody, both backstage and on stage when you've worked for <laughs> so many years together and that's with me and Shane and me and you. And yeah. so that's just so, it's really comfortable.
0: Do you ever ask, can we just share a dressing room? Because, you know, we're hanging out oh, with each no. Other Oh, no.
1: Have you seen Rhonda's dressing table? Oh, my God. It gives me anxiety. Well, no, well. No, it does, Ronnie.
2: Todd, you are like me. Mr. Tidy <laughs> Freak. Everything. <laughs> but it, down to the lighting, to the jubes in his <laughs> little, you know, and jelly beans into his little plastic container and his tea rack. And I have all my, my pencils and powders oh, and all lined pathetic. up in a row on that
1: because I know exactly where they are at a grab. I can just grab them and I go into rondas
2: and it's everywhere
1: it's everywhere
2: well it's you know it gives me anxiety well <laughs> that's why we can't share it. <laughs> well let's go right back
0: to the beginning of when you both started your careers both of you started young and when I say young I mean two and three years old <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. well yeah I was two and a half I was physically no surprise the height of most five-year-olds at two and a half and I used to watch my big sister, Michelle, at dance class and kind of one of those ones that wanted to be part of that and mum just brought me along because you know we didn't have nannies and things like that and I begged mum to to be part of it and finally at I think I was two and uh, nine months I got on stage as a jockey with the big kids which is pretty funny that I was a jockey because yeah. I was a the height then of most <laughs> of them now and that was it uh, you know most of the other kids in the troupe you know we were supposed to all peel off and uh, I Where never
1: did the height come from in your family?
2: Dad, he was, he was six foot three. And, and mum, you know, for back then, uh, she was five, nine, but I was exceptionally tall and just with these long, long old (laughs) giraffe legs. And here I still am.
0: And you had no fear, you just got up at two and a half and just went for it and thought, this is it.
2: I just loved, and I still have, you know, I can't remember the whole, just flickers of being on the stage. I've still got my little jockey cap. And I remember just going, this is all I want to do. So I got taken. uh, Joan Smith was the local dance teacher. And I was really blessed that mum spent all the, budget pretty much dad was in transport so he earned the wage but all all of the budget was spent on mum creating this this most amazing costumes that she'd hand so for Michelle and I and for dancing lessons piano lessons singing lessons and so we were really really lucky kids to have you know Those opportunities. And my big sister, Michelle, she was the reason when I saw her at 15. I I saw her with Nancy Hayes, Nolferia in Julie Anthony in Irene. That was my first big theatre at the Madge in Melbourne. I saw that and I went, Mum, Dad. This is all I want to do. I think when you see your big sister and with all those incredible people, that just kind of confirmed within you know there was no doubt that I was going to. Now you are one of those incredible people. <laughs> well, aren't you? <laughs> but you know, I you do. Are. But it's it's kind of gone in a second. I can still remember vividly sitting there the, the front row of the match, going, "Oh my god." And it just seems like yesterday, and uh, we're 100 years later, and we're still here. <laughs> I always
1: think of that too, though. And, and, well, I mean, we're probably all the same. We grew up with Bert Newton and Paddy and Don Lane and Mike, Mike Walsh. Walsh and that whole team. And I used to come home from school in my lunch hour because we lived over the road from the school and have my sandwich and watch the Mike Walsh show with mum. And then, and, and Bert was the same Bert's new phases plus the Don Lane show.
2: We welcome viewers across Australia to The Don Lane Show. The National Nine Network and stations coast to coast proudly present the Mike Walsh Show. The moment you've all been waiting for, direct from the stage of the ABC's magnificent
0: variety theatre, the marvelous, spectacular Bert Newton Show.
2: Good morning, and welcome to Good Morning Australia. A very happy Friday morning to
1: later when I got into the business and I'm sitting at dinner with these people. Mm, It it never grew tired of me. And when I did Grease with Bert, particularly, Mm. and we became great mates, I just thought, wow, isn't that, he's an idol. Mm. And we are now...
2: We are the, like the the elders. We're, we're uh, friends.
1: We're we we're, yeah. we're good good friends, mm. and um and we remain good good friends until he passed away. But mm. it always catches me by surprise mm. when I look at dinner settings sometimes and go, "Oh wow, these yeah. are the people yeah. I grew up with, and now we're contemporaries to a degree." Uh, and I just, I love that about the business.
2: And I think I think too, a lot of the young kids now they have no idea of that era of variety as and life. we knew it and life but I mean so blessed to be I'm a little older just a little bit older than Todd <laughs> but I was lucky to be in the tail end of that variety thing with you know live television that you you say to those kids now you know we'd have a few hours to learn the song get out and do it and bang and national and huge rating shows and to work with you know to see the magic of Don and Burton and those extraordinary and we learnt from them and we're the old-timers <laughs> now,
0: Toddy. <laughs> Absolutely. You know. I'd love to take you back now, Todd, to when you were three and first mm. dancing, your mum had a dance school. She did. And so you started really as a dancer first doing competitions and I mm. guess just mucking in because that's where your mum was, so that's where you Yeah, were.
1: I think it was just cheaper than a babysitter and I just <laughs> jigged around the back and then I sort of got in, in the class and I was the only boy for a long, for many years in mum's school of girls. And I never worried about that. I just was – well, I just wanted to do it and I always wanted to be good at it and – I was naughty for a while and so mum sent me to another teacher because oh. she couldn't control me because I didn't listen to my mum <laughs> and then I came back to, uh, to her but my grandmother was a dancer and my grandmother and my grandfather met at a dance and oh, um, so they were dancers cool. and particularly highland dancing and so yeah it sort of goes way way back so we're, we're kind of like the equivalent of a circus family but in the dance world yes. in Perth.
2: Yeah. Oh, wow. mm. Todd, I never knew that. Yeah. yeah. See, that into trucks and mum was, her whole thing was, she used to watch the old movies. Well, my father was a jail warden, so we
1: had two completely different worlds going on growing wow. up. Wow.
0: Yeah. And what took you from, both of you from these sort of beginnings doing dance competitions to actually saying to yourselves, I want this to be my profession and then letting that happen?
1: Well, mine kind of happened by accident. I was doing dance competitions, as you say, in Perth many, many years, and that was really all that was around as far as live performance went for me growing up, and then I got a job as a DJ at a roller skating rink, Wow! and I was loving it, it was great fun, I had a microphone in my hand, and I just thought, this is living, and then the owner of the roller skating rink's Son, had come to start learning dancing at my mum's studio, and his mother saw an ad in The Australian saying there's auditions for an Andrew Lloyd Webber show, musical called Song and Dance, happening in Adelaide. And Tony, his name is, Tony wanted to go. But because we were young, we are 18, she didn't want Tony to go on his own and literally said, would Todd accompany Tony to the audition? So I thought, yeah, that's fine. Why not? And I was also working as a travel agent at that time. and oh. I was earning $110 a week. <laughs> and i thought that was just more money than i'd ever had you yeah. know and i was like i didn't want to necessarily have a career in showbiz because I was—I had money. I was driving. I had a car. I had this job and I had the roller skating rink. Clothes. I had the clothes. I had the moves. And um, you were
2: good looking back then. Dude. I was hot.
1: you were a hottie. I was. I've hot. seen the photos. Yes. And so I accompanied Tony uh, to this audition, and then I got the job. You know. And that's just what changed. That cha- changed everything. Wow. And that was here in Adelaide. John Robertson, who used to John was no. a big mover and shaker in the arts world Certainly. in Australia, and based in Adelaide pick me up from the airport and change my oh. life.
0: And what about you, Rhonda? How did it go from singing competitions
2: to um, professional? There was a bit of we were seeing my sister and doing that, and but my dad was always the one, Rhonda, you know, this show business stuff, get yourself a real job, he used to say. And so Michelle went off to do Irene and The Wiz and all those shows. She was the youngest in the Betty Pounder, the JC Williamson's. And back then they'd go from show to show to show, unless they got an injury or something like that. And she did get an injury. So that was what my dad was saying, you know, it's it's not not gonna last this. And so he made me go through year 12 or my high school certificate from which I got a scholarship to university. And he was thrilled with that because I then became a school teacher. Did yeah. you? What did you teach? School, uh, like, <laughs> <laughs> like, no, Thanks for no, that. no, 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 <laughs> no, but not like not theatre or anything like that. Uh, infants, primary. Did you get a scholarship based on your marks? In your uh, at my marks, yeah, and then um,
1: socialising skills. No,
2: no, I wasn't. I didn't have a boyfriend. I hadn't even kissed a boy, you know, or, or anything like that. I, I think I did it for dad, and I and I said, okay, I'll do this, and I graduated with distinction, uh, and when I got that, I taught for a minute, and I. I thought uh, my true love that it was yearning to. Uh- be what I'd seen my sister, and to be in a real professional show. I mean, it's all the it's all very fine to be at uni, and you go, you join the you know the, the drama society, society yeah. and all of those things. And and along the way, I same as Todd, I'd done a Steadford's gone into competitions and things like that. But I knew I was ready, so I bluffed my way because you had to be equity or all these things to even audition. Mm. I'd heard about the same thing, and Dale Ringland,
1: oh, song and dance,
2: song and dance auditioned and I got the opportunity to come down here and to understudy Gay McFarlane because Song and Dance was, the first part was song and the second part was dance and the song was a one-woman show and that's when I met this one and the rest is is history.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And you performed Song and Dance here and it was in the Festival Theatre. Yes. So you came straight into a very big audience really. we
1: met... Rhonda and I met in the Green Room, which we still use today, mm-hmm. and yes. the rest of the cast. It was still Lots of them are still mm-hmm. my friends. It was the 21st of June, 1983, and the reason I remember that is because it was my sister's birthday, mm-hmm. and that's how I kn- kn- know I the number. And
2: I the Green Room, how it used to be, with all the food.
1: The Green Room at the Adelaide Festival Centre is, or w- was particularly, even more than it is now, a real hub of the whole place people are working in the other spaces mm. in the playhouse and stuff everybody would gather and they used to have an amazing uh, like where servery where you'd get actors rates meals but yeah. they were fabulous and, they'd, they'd, and they'd, fresh and fresh and they'd pile it high on your plate and it yeah. was a real hub for people hanging out and there was a way to get outside and you could hang um, outside it's yeah. all sort of changed a bit now but it was really great great memories and chats Social. with other cast members and mm. other actors were created in that, in green, that green room, room. Mm-hmm. but i particularly remember walking into that green room and meeting you all for the first time and just being blown away that i was actually in my first green room my first ever oh, green room wow. and i was really aware of that oh. and then we re- we rehearsed the show in the rehearsal room mm. here un- which is directly underneath the stage mm. and we were in there for it's s- a great five six
2: weeks and, and it was so new and so Back then, I don't know how long it had been open. It was was so fresh. It was just for me too, like the most amazing space.
0: It's no wonder these two are so close. They met each other when musicals were entering their golden age at the Adelaide Festival Centre. Throughout the eighties, shows like Evita, Guys and Dolls, My Fair Lady, The Sound of Music, Oliver, Oklahoma, and of course, Song and Dance. With the big ticket items that audiences queued around the block for, cementing the Adelaide Festival Centre as a nation-leading producer of stage entertainment. But it didn't stop with song and dance for Rhonda and Todd. I was armed with photos and memorabilia from the many shows they both have performed here, and I wanted to see if these triggered any special memories. We do have a few items here from some of the past shows that you've both been involved with. As we flip through programs and professional photos of sequins... Baby Todd. Look at you, you are baby Todd there. Feathers.
1: I think I've got really bad hair in this shot well, from memory. Nothing's changed. <laughs> <laughs> Dances, hot pants. I was hot. You were hot. I was hot. And even
0: live birds. It was hilarious to hear Rhonda and Todd reflecting on some of the best memories of their careers so far at the Adelaide Festival Centre.
2: With See, then there's ball. one of
1: Heather Bluett's photos of you in that – Frock outside our dressing rooms now. Yeah, Heather. We're very, Heather. Heather Blewitt. Heather Blewett. Famous for the photos backstage. I mean, it's an incredible legacy that she's left behind. Mm. So she was on stage, and She mm. was an usher, but she was also an amateur mm. photographer. But her photographs mm. adorn the walls of de- backstage and, and in my house and in your house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. And it's uh, so great to just walk down the corridors here and be reminded of uh, the shows you've done and and how people look then and how now people, <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> and, you, like
2: and us. who's not who who's not here. <laughs> It's a really, it's really quite sentimental. And I
1: that's unique. It. There's mm. no other theatre in the country that does that. And mm. it means a lot to us. Mm. And and walking through those corridors and those dressing rooms and the green room, all the photos are.
2: <laughs> Look at that. I've been with him, 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 him. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Do you know what? I wasn't gonna go there, but yes, that is <laughs> exactly did, you, you what there were seventy one
2: photograph.
1: <laughs> I did realise how many people I'd said but friendly. It, it's fun, but it's been it's been nice showing some of the younger members of the hairspray company that history of yeah. ours. You know, that yes, like I'm that's sure. me and that. And, well, I've had three people now from our cast going, You are hot. Yeah. Were being the
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> operative well, word.
2: Because you at <laughs> this age that some of them are
1: now. I know.
2: But but, yeah, just the show I have so many fond memories about being here, my first big break was a show called Sugar Babies. That was with Eddie Bracken and…
1: Joan Brockenshire.
2: Joan Brockenshire and Gary McDonald. I saw Rhonda
1: do that. There was a, there was a series of vignettes, Sugar Babies, uh, was it? L- burlesque. Burlesque kind of vignettes. Mm. And Rhonda had a number and the mm. night I saw it, Rhonda had this costume which had all these little perches on her breasts and the nether regions, everything. And you'd think, what are they for? Then all of a sudden a pigeon would fly in and sit on one of her boobs.
2: I know. And then by
1: the end of the number, how many did you have? Eighteen. She was covered in 18 pigeons.
2: Uh, Eighteen. It was the bravest act. Mind you, I quite enjoyed it. Uh, Eighteen pigeons. I used to sing a song called Warm and Willing. And it was like Julie Andrews in a (laughs) Greek garden. And it was like removing the, the seven veils and as I'd remove a veil and sing if you're warm and willing to be mine these pigeons would be released. Do you remember I had to go to bird training classes and this number brought down the house.
1: It was, so it was really amazing. I remember it. That's the one thing I remember I from that show. Know. And The night that I saw it mm. all of the birds sat on the
2: perch of your of your crutch. Oh yeah, well... You had 18 <laughs> birds around your... And they used to leave their calling cards every night. They used to... Pooh all over me, but (laughs) look at that! I used to swing over into the audience. That was Mm. about the nineteen eighty three. That show would take me from here to London. I'd end up doing that with old Mickey Rooney in in London. That that was my first. You know, when you get your first big break, mm. that was that was the show. But yeah, oh, just for kicks. It's it's crazy because uh, I'm still in touch with Gary McDonald too. You know, and he said, "How's Adelaide? Do, do you remember this? Is Heather still on the door?" I mean, it's just all these memories that were so strong that those ushers and stage doorkeepers that I was talking about.
1: It felt like the Adelaide Festival Centre had created a family of mm. workers who were there through every show. And they were mm. constant, and it was like coming back to the same people, and they knew mm. you we had a history of friendship mm. with them, and mm. it's been really gorgeous. That
2: yeah, lovely, lovely, and you know, through all the years of coming back and to have those same people, whether it be the festival or a, a show, you know, which is a lovely thing. That who who was ever employing up there that keeps their people, that's a lovely thing. You know, yeah, a testament to, to
0: the testament to, to, the, to the ethos to the venue. of the theatre. Yes,
1: yeah. well, it is, and people only stay in a place if they're happy. That's you know?
0: true. Absolutely, Todd, yeah. If there's one thing my conversation with Todd and Rhonda shows, it's that an arts and theatre venue is so much more than the walls, corridors and stages that you'll find on its blueprints. It's the memories you make backstage with other performers, the ushers, the venue staff who make you feel at home in a strange city and, of course, the audiences whose applause takes you to new heights. I wanted to dig into their experiences as performers, though, to find out how their talent has shaped what they wanted to do for themselves. I mean, you've both done so many things, television, you're talking about the big musical theatre runs you've done and you continue to do, obviously, and also radio and you've both recorded studio albums and you've done lots of live work on variety shows, all sorts of things. Do you have a favourite mode of entertainment when it's one of those shows you go, great, I love this type of performing.
2: Well,
1: I like all the big musicals and television is to me the scariest because you're you're forced entertainment in a way on people's lounges and they can change the channel, of Mm. course, but they tend not to. They just sit there and bitch about you and you (laughs) find that out the next day on social media these days. There's a mechanicalness about television Mm, and mm. it's hard to create the warmth that you can create in theatre in television because between you and the audience is a bank of machinery. Mm. The cameras, yes, and then there's normally a slightly delayed response on what you're doing, so you don't find out till the next day, till it's over, whether you were a hit or a miss, and by mm. then it's too late to fix. Whereas in theatre, you know. you know exactly, you know straight away whether they're mm. sitting on their hands or whether they're with the cough count we used to call it. <laughs> mm. If they cough, that normally means. They're bored mm. and so you don't want people to cough during your show and I'm very aware of And It was Mike Walsh that told me that. Wow. He said they, they cough when they're not into it oh. and so I've always held on to the cough count and if mm. people start to cough I get a bit panicky oh. but I love the direct beeline you have with a, with a live audience and I personally, I mean Boy From Oz is incredible for me and Cabaret was incredible for me and that was here mm. playing the MC. That was a, an amazing role but for me I like – cabaret itself Mm. as a genre Mm, I like I get much more nervous performing to 60 people in the foyer of the (laughs) festival center than I do working to 2000 in the main theater Mm, it's really weird and I love the adrenaline it gives me You know and being able to see the audience and they're that close and you can mm. read whether they're into the show mm. or not and that chat is really really important in mm. a cabaret format mm. and i think that's the warmest version of what i do is the small cabaret stuff
2: i agree too the thing about something like a, a hairspray or a sugar babies or Mamma mia or whatever you know everything is so scripted and it's safe isn't it and and it, it is that adrenaline hit you know i have so many fond memories of adelaide cabaret you know in and that wonderful Dunstan Theatre is my favourite space for the cabaret. And uh, the audiences in Adelaide have always been incredibly receptive and they still are. And, re- response yeah. and you know, I mean, even we fast forward to Hairspray, I mean, the audience just jumping on their feet and and their reaction, its you know, they've always been kind and uh, yeah. it's great.
1: And from a technical point of view too, which might bore the pants off your listeners, but when they renovated the Festival Theatre... It was always a great theatre to play. For such a big space, it always felt quite intimate. But they put in a wooden floor. And you can hear the audience reaction so clearly and that's made a huge difference and it makes our sound is a mm. lot easier so it's mm. a lot easier to perform in this theatre than a lot of other theatres mm. we've just come from the Regent Theatre in Melbourne which mm. is a massive barn in the place so whoever came in and advised on the renovations of the theatre and put that wooden floor in it made a huge difference and mm. so that's a joy to play mm. that big auditorium mm. and I've always noticed that when I come I think it was my favourite theatre mm. in the country for that reason mm. you can yeah. hear the crowd there is, there's no there delay the club, coming yeah. back so you can time your laughs and you know yeah. that They're having a good time. It's great.
2: And they let you know it too, the Adelaide people. It's great.
0: Yes. (laughs) I wanted to read out a quote from you, Rhonda, that I found where you said, I've actively been proactive in trying to recreate myself as much as I can. And it sounds like that's why you would love cabaret so much Mm. because cabaret is in the moment Mm. and it is an opportunity to recreate because anything can happen Mm. whereas music theatre I understand Mm. you know you have your lines and you Mm. hit your spots and if Mm. something happens in the audience it's likely to be able to be covered Mm. in some way but cabaret has that sense of risk and adventure is that how you've kept yourself so at the forefront of this industry?
2: I guess, you know, through the cabaret shows, I've done that. I mean, I I took a risk and it paid off. I did a show called Vinyl Viagra, which I think <laughs> premiered here, um, one of the cabaret festivals. And I thought, well, what's Ronda you know? and, it? And it was like, it was about the famous divas who'd been on vinyl, who were quite sexy, you know, be it Beyonce and Madonna and all those girls right from way back. and. That's the wonderful thing that I love about Adelaide Cabaret is that you can come with a new work and back then I'm not sure how it is it all works out but you'd say this is what I want to do and they would get behind you to make this dream of a cabaret show happen And so many of my cabaret shows started as a result of the festival here, which is such a gift to have the production, to have this is the best way it can possibly look sound wise and lighting wise, and you know, a staircase with lights would be no trouble. Todd and I know <laughs> full well, will you go off and do try to do this yourself from with your own coin. It's, it's too expensive, it's and you can re- never make your money back, so you just
1: go without it. But they're the little cherries on the top of the cake, aren't they? Those but, sta- that staircase uh, and the, yeah, the and mirror ball, and with proper lighting, and, like a and
2: s- just such. A gift to be given that to uh, through the you know, and that's why I love the think our lighting aren't is aren't quite
1: you? important as we get older, don't yeah,
2: you? <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and to have the Adelaide Arts Orchestra or you know, full backing musically, I mean, you may bring in your MD, but I was here, I think, for the 35th, they lovely uh, Julia Holt, yes, the, the artistic, the, group. The artistic yeah. and um, they built a whole concert. Uh, every, everyone, everybody loves Rhonda or something like that, it yeah. was And it was at the festival. And I had dances. I had, like, full orchestra. It was, like, bigger than Texas. Mm. Adelaide did it, you know, and... you know. I actually sang backing vocals for you on that show.
0: Oh, maybe. i would forgotten that. But when you said it, I was like, I saw that and then I thought, you oh, were actually, I actually sang in that. <laughs> <laughs> it was really huge. You're uh,
2: huge with dancers and, and everybody uh, really
0: uh, does love rock. Oh, vocal.
2: no, oh, no. no rock they don't. I'm sure do. I'm sure. No, but it, it, but what I'm saying is just so many opportunities for us. Even now, if I kind of go, oh, I've got this idea for a show, this will be my first stop always to Adelaide because you know they're going to do it properly. Yeah, Yeah. and the
1: Adelaide Festival Centre is world-renowned for creating Australian productions.
0: I love that Todd has mentioned this because it's true.
1: A lot of shows would get built in Adelaide Mm. at the festival centre by Mm. the set makers and Mm. the artists Mm. and the builders and designers and then that set would then tour the country and so it had a real reputation Mm. for shows starting off here Mm. this was the launch pad and I think what it did when a a show first opens a production in whichever state it's in it creates a real buzz the audiences know that they're seeing something for the first time Mm. and that the other states are going to get Mm slops if you like, (laughs) not necessarily, but they're very aware that this is the first time Australia will see this production and it was made here. And I think Adelaide has always been, because of that, has been really proud of its arts and particularly its musical theatre heritage. The
0: production crews at the Adelaide Festival Centre do what they love and the artists love what they do. Todd, I'd love to read a quote that you said in 2012 to a journalist, I wouldn't mind being retired in 10 years. It's now 2023. Are you going to revise
2: that?
1: that? I still say they
2: that. still says oh, Roger that. Roger and I had a chat about that the other, other, other night. Note, yeah, no, I Yeah. D- no, d- you did. Yeah, w- I don't want to do this. And I don't, no, know it's
1: not that I don't want to do it because I don't want people to think I'm up on a stage begrudgingly. I'm not. Because no. my mum taught dancing for 45 years to the point where – She can't walk now because she was an on-her-feet dance teacher and she wasn't a sit-down and point or she was up on her feet and she's paying a toll for that now. So now my mum is retired, she's financially well off, she has all the time in the world to travel and she she can't move. Mm -hmm. And I just watched her and I thought I want to stop when I can still enjoy those parts of life Mm -hmm. and – I have always said I want to kind of leave while I'm still loving it, mm. and just ha- and I still actually think that we did talk about it the mm. other day. I can feel retirement mm. coming. I keep on <laughs>
2: saying to him, "No way! You're, you, you don't, don't you're, believe me. You are going to be so bored. You, you're for a minute. <laughs> I'll you will do the John got...
1: Farnham thing. Just keep retiring yeah. and keep bouncing back.
2: Hairspray's about your fourth back to back. I mean, you love it, and they love it, and I, I can't. Ever imagine that day? I mean, you might have a month off, or you might, it might do you good to go around the world and go. Actually,
1: I really well. Love if I did that, I'd need to come back to work to, to pay, pay for the, it. No, no, but yeah, I think. But no, I can feel retirement. I don't want to ch- ever chase my career. I mm. don't want to be at the end of it looking for gigs. Mm. And so I think it's nice to plant retirement early. Um, 2012 might have been a bit You premature. went a bit early. I went, went a, bit a early. little bit too early.
2: <laughs> I'm, I'm one of those old chooks that go, oh, well. Are we going to be wheeling you out? <laughs> yeah <laughs> Oh, yeah, those legs, just the legs are going to come out. I can't imagine life without, I think I'll be like, a, you know. Yeah, the showbiz, the, the Marlenas, the Shirley is the old Tina. You know, I, I love it so much that my friend that was in last night, from school teacher she's retired she uh, you know and and I go oh how boring would that be you know and uh, I still get the adrenaline I still yearn for it I still look for new opportunities and uh, I don't think you know and I know it's been said but I don't think age should kind of determine if you still love doing what you do and I still do.
0: Yes absolutely every person who is alive has something to share Mm. no matter what age and it's really important to listen to Everyone's voice, mm. and particularly from the stage, because the stage represents what's going on off stage mm. in a more theatrical way. So, mm. if we only see one type of person on stage, then the human experience is not being represented. I agree. And
1: I also think. And Ron is a perfect example of this, of, as you said, mentioned before, living, reinventing yourself. And I think that's the kind of scary thing. I think one of the reasons I, for me, and the retirement thing is Boy from Oz for me was a huge box that I ticked. Mm. Yes. And I'm just so lucky I got to do it. But I don't want to be just singing I Go to Rio and I Still Call Australia yes. Home for the rest of my days. I mean, I always will, mm. but I don't just want to do that. And mm. I, I think it's a way of staying relevant to your age, to your life experiences Mm. and not being scared to change and do a different style Mm. of show and Mm. one that I've got arthritis in my feet so I don't dance like I used Mm. to. So I don't want to try and dance like I used to. So Mm. I think it's just getting out of your comfort zone, that word, and reinventing yourself and bringing the audience along with you. Mm. I think that's the scary thing and I think that's why I say, oh, if I ever get to that point. I'll bow out. Yeah, but I shouldn't. Maybe, maybe you've inspired me to. Well,
2: you know, you, I remember, and I'm without too much detail. The first day of hairspray, and Todd was cast as Wilbur, which is usually played by an older man, and and you were kind of hesitant about was this role right, and I said. Todd, you were going to just smash it, and you were hesitant for quite yeah, a was, while. Yeah. And and have I made the right decision? Uh, yeah, have I made the yeah, <laughs> i well, I made the right thing, or what? Have, you know, if I and I, there was all that uncertainty, and then suddenly you just r- and you hear the audiences every night; they just uh, adore him, and and it's and that's a that's a great feeling. Yeah, and, it and, is. And you know, you've made the right decision, and 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 it is a it was a very different. You know, I know obviously how many years in between, 40 years or something, but, you know, Wilbur is a very different character to a Anything lot else, of yeah. those other things and, mm. yeah, and, and I think that's what we have to do. Absolutely. It is what we have I'm to do. I'm playing a blonde for the first time in history, <laughs> <laughs> and I've never thought I would do that and the villain and I'm loving it. Sick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mm. yeah, And And musically, it's, yeah. I, for me too, I, I've… Never said, Oh, I'm not going to sing or I can't sing that style. I'll, I'll always give it a crack, and I think we do. Yeah. And mm. I think it's yeah. paid off.
0: Absolutely, because you're just. Still, we're yeah. still here. Still here.
2: And oh, I'm yeah. here.
0: <laughs> I know that we haven't seen the last of Todd and Rhonda, despite Todd's concerns. There's just too much energy between them. So I thought I might entice their creativity by asking how they envisage the Adelaide Festival Centre in the past and what they see for the future and, as is often the case, our discussions of the future began with memories of what the arts can mean for audiences who come to see them. I have some rapid-fire questions about the Adelaide Festival Centre. Do you have a favourite memory from the Adelaide Festival Centre, Todd?
1: I do. I have a really special one. I I, I was standing at stage door during Boy From Oz and a lady called out my name who was standing above on the concourse and she said, Todd, Todd (laughs) McKenny." and I looked up and she said, stay there, I've got to come down and talk to you. So I stayed there and this lady came down and talked to me. Her name turned out to be Barbara Kent. And she had followed the boy from Oz all around Australia because she had cancer and her daughter had cancer. And she said, I went through two years of hell and I saw the ad for this in Sydney and I thought, I'm going to go and see that show and that's going to be the catalyst for turning my life around and I'm just going to leap into enjoying myself. And she said, I came and saw your show and it, did that. And she said, I've lost my daughter now. She said, but I've followed you everywhere. And because you just, uh, the, your show is just a uh, signifies hope and change and, and freshness for me. She said, and it was the most amazing experience. And then our producers, I told them that story, and our producers flew her to Perth for our very oh. final thing. And then I got a phone call from her nephew, Andrew. He said to me, uh, Barbara's passed away. Would you come to? her funeral and when I got to her funeral there was a photo of me sitting on her coffin oh. and it was just the most amazing thing and that happened here it was one random stranger I met at stage drawer at the festival center oh. you
0: know. well that is just proof that you cannot retire yet. Well, that's it. <laughs> and it's or also ever. proof
1: that musical theatre can change lives. Uh, and, yes, you it know, can. when you're a, 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 two years into a run, it's nice to be able to remind casts mm. of that story. Like, mm. we might feel a bit jaded, you might feel a bit tired, but there's someone mm. out there who could mm. be Barbara Kent whose life could be changed tonight. And I know we're just doing musical theatre, but mm. it, it's, it's important.
2: Yeah. Todd had another one in, in just when we were down here, but she was from Melbourne, I think, the one that uh, you signed with a big. Oh. Sharpie, Todd McKenny, <laughs> uh, on her breast, and then she had a tattoo. She, oh, we we made a phone call for a birthday <laughs> the other day. From this lady roof. turned
1: up a stage door. She said to me, would you sign my breast? She's a great lady called Lorraine. And, and I said, yeah, and the, I went to stage door and I grabbed this thing and all I could grab was a Sharpie. really thick Sharpie. Yeah. And I just thought she wanted me to sign it for a bit of fun and she turned up the next day with a tattoo. Well, it's
2: true. I mean, the boobs are down here now, but it says, still says Todd McClendon. She might listen to this and she's so, very dear to me. Oh, she's gorgeous. No, but that's what, I mean, the, the power of, that's what I'm sa- just saying. Uh, so,
1: Libby, I've got a Sharpie in my bag. If you need me to sign <laughs> yeah. anything on the way out, Yeah, i
0: (laughs) I'll have to get you both to sign because there's a lot of space there for you both to have a
2: go.
0: (laughs) The Adelaide Festival Centre has had its first 50 years and both of you have been an integral part of that for a lot of those years. 40. For 40 of those 50 years. 40. Where do you see the next 50 years taking the Adelaide Festival Centre and what would you like to see either continuing here or new things that might be. Just innovation
1: and and celebrating all different types of arts. And Adelaide punches above its weight from an audience perspective as far as art support goes. You look at the size of the town Mm. and you have so much on. Often you have more on here Mm. than you have in Mm. Sydney or Melbourne. And – the diversity of entertainment that's on mm. offer here at the Adelaide Festival Centre from kids' productions mm. to cabaret to avant-garde to symphonies. Mm. Um, I th- just think keep cultivating that and the renovations outside mm. make the place look stunning and it's, it feels like it's got a freshness and a vitality about her, and it. and she doesn't seem 50.
2: I oh, know. I love all that She's looking fountain good. things that are out the front in the, the courtyard and all of that and, and the screens, yeah, uh, yeah um, and our walk of fame. We've got our little star.
1: I love We've that. got a little star outside. And I said um, to "Said, did you see my star? I said, yeah. I said, I've got one out there. She said, no, I think yours is covered in grass.
2: <laughs> I was only kidding. But, yeah, I, I, just things like that that really, really special and I, and i think you know, as i said you know the the cabaret festival that is just world well recognised yeah. yes. yes. um yeah it's just really exciting and and just to keep my uh, my dream is you know to keep music live too and and performance and all of that stuff from all the orchestras rather than we don't ever want a day where all the musicians are all replaced with technical stuff i just to, and i hope it is i don't know 50 years who knows what it's going to be like
0: well, Rhonda Birchmore, Todd McKenny, thank you so much. Thank Much Libby. love, Libby. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Todd and Rhonda's energy and love for one another is infectious and it was so special to be invited into their friendship for an afternoon. The paths our guests took to coming here were so different and they met as kindred spirits. It is incredible to look at their careers now, spanning TV shows, books, albums, and countless stage performances and see how much credit they give this space. I'm so looking forward to hearing how the Adelaide Festival Centre has created the opportunities for other talented performers. You won't want to miss our future episodes, so make sure to get subscribed so you can be notified when they come out. If you enjoyed this audio experience, rate the podcast and share it with your friends and family so we can all enjoy the rich cultural experiences South Australia has to offer. In the meantime, if you need an entertainment fix, why not see a show? You can find out what fantastic performances are currently showing on the Adelaide Festival Centre website and social media, search Adelaide Festival Centre or follow the links in the episode description. I'm Libby O'Donovan, and you're listening to The First 50 Podcast, produced by Solstice
1: Podcasting.